Hi guys, welcome back to Late to the Motherhood Game. So episode four, here we are. And um, there's, you know, something I had to talk to you guys about. And <clears throat> usually I got like this really fun intros and oh, story time, woohoo, you know. But today's episode, it took me a while to, to decide whether or not to publish it. And it's not that I thought that there was something wrong with it. It's just like I it's really it's really kind of raw like it's it's how i felt in the moment dealing with postpartum how i felt after the separation and i mean separation like you know the c-section babies physically in the world and no longer you know part of my body and so it's it gets kind of emotional and um i'm just wanted to give you guys a heads up i didn't feel like it needed one of those little cutesy funny you know beginnings and i think it deserved a really respectful beginning as I'm doing right now I appreciate you guys coming here um you know have a listen I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and don't forget some Kleenex All right, so it's the next morning. And actually, I barely even slept. I was tossing and turning all night. And maybe maybe about an hour of sleep, honestly, like of good sleep. But there were so many things going on in my mind. You know, I was, I just had my baby. You know, I was nervous. I was going to go see him. I was going to hold him, hopefully. You know, there were so many things going through my head. And the, the biggest thing that I remember is like, I was just really sad. I don't know how many mommies have felt that way. You know, when you finally look down and you know your child is not there your belly anymore you know I'm sure there's a lot of women that had like great experiences like they got to hold their baby you know so they were okay whereas me I barely even got to see him I didn't even know what he looked like you know and I kind of told my husband I didn't want to see pictures yet, you know. I announced it to my family that he was finally born, but I was trying not to look at pictures and because I didn't want to know. I, I It's not that I didn't want to know. I just was kind of like, you know, I was nervous. I mean, and I wasn't nervous like, oh, something was going to be wrong with him. I was like, oh, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't know how to explain that feeling, 
but I felt like, you know, like there was a line severed. You know, he wasn't, because he wasn't with me anymore, like, I kind of just felt really distant from him, which is, I guess it's a really strange thing to say, and I don't know if I'm exactly explaining it, but just the way I felt, I was just so, I felt alone again, like I was lonely, and, you know, people... I'm sure I've heard people say, well, that's like, you know, that's a part of postpartum, you know, that's, that's what you go through. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm sure that's, you know, a part of postpartum because, you know, that you're separated now. And I remember just uh, tossing and turning because all I could think about was like, oh, you know, I, I gotta watch out. I can't lay on my side, you know, I'm gonna, I can't roll onto my stomach because I might smash the baby. And, you know, and oh, why are you thinking like that? There's no baby. And oh my God, there's no baby. What? Well, what do you mean there's no baby? Oh no, yeah, that's right. We just, we just had, we took him out. That's right. That's right. And you know, I just got over all those little quirks. You know, when they, when he has a hiccup. I mean, it was the weirdest thing in the world. I didn't even know if that's what I felt. <laughs> because you have to, you know, forgive me for all of that. I literally only knew I was pregnant for four months out of the seven months. Because I missed out on the first three months. So he probably did a lot in the first three months. There's probably a lot of movement going on, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell. And so... You know, the four months that I actually had him and I knew he was there, you know. He was probably doing some stuff. I I thought it felt like it was, uh, you know, a hiccup. I thought I felt him, you know, doing some somersaults in there, you know. It kind of, once in a while, I'd be sleeping and then i feel a movement and I'd jump up because, you know, I was kind of, you know scared but then you know closer to when I had a cesarean I was a little bit more comfortable I could sleep a little bit better knowing that okay if he moves around he's just moving around you know it's kind of crazy he used to do I used to listen to rock music I used to put the uh, earphones on my belly and let him listen to some rock music and if you guys are wondering what kind of rock music it'd be like um What's some good rock music we used to listen to? Well, you know what? I'm not going to say. Just trust me. It was rock music. <laughs> so I don't want to get striked or anything for, for mentioning other people's stuff on here. But we'll listen to some good rock music. And I would read, you know, read a book. I would read books out loud. And... You know, have my favorite Slurpee drink. And I know he used to like that because he used to be like, I'd have brain freeze and he'd be moving around. So, <laughs> well, I'll take it as he liked that. What else is there? I, I had so much fun. Watch scary movies with him. 
you know. But, you know, I'd watch. Okay, so I knew I was gonna have my my. I was I was gonna have the cesarean when I was in Oahu, and so one of the things I wanted to do when I was pregnant was go to Red Lobster and eat like a crab fest uh, a crab fest plate or like a lobster plate. Like that was I, I was gonna go there. I was Red Lobster was where I was gonna hit up, you know, and so. <laughs> That was my thing, you know, I'd be like, we'd be watching a Red Lobster commercial and I'd be talking to my Betty like, hey, you know, when we go there, before you come out, we're going to go to Red Lobster. We're going to eat a big plate, you know? That was fun. I love that. And so, you know, I'm I'm at this moment where and I can't do that anymore. I mean, sure, I can do it, but I'd be only talking to my belly, and my belly would be happy with anything, really. But, you know, I wasn't talking to him anymore. He's going to be separate. He's going to be separate. He's going to have separate food. It's not going to be the same food that we're going to eat. You know, he's going to have... He's not going to have Slurpees. Well, not until he's older, right? We weren't going to listen. He could listen to the same music, but I'd have to play... Now, I'd have to make it, like really really low not too loud you know we can watch scary movies together but he'd never react and jump to all the scary parts like I did and he couldn't enjoy the the popcorn not yet so there was a lot of things that was going on it's crazy when you get some alone time what the things that you think of you know, when you're when you're sitting there and you're thinking of stuff, my mind likes to wonder. I mean, I think of some crazy stuff. And 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 that moment I filled myself with anxiety about everything. You know, I was crazy. I was like, no, no, you know, now now we cannot do this and now we cannot do that. I mean there are so much more things that we could do. But I was only thinking about all the stuff that we couldn't do anymore. And that made me anxious. That made me anxious for what was to come. And I remember waking up that morning for breakfast and I could barely see uh, and I, I did spend a good amount of time crying. And I already told you guys, I, I have a lot of pride, so I don't like when I don't like showing that you know that weakness of me crying or not being able to do something. You know, I'm, I'm very proud. I don't know. I, I don't know why it's like that. I feel like now you know expressing myself a little bit better helps me but you know back then I was like no I can't no I gotta be very stoic and I'm gonna sit here stoically menacingly staring out into the distance so no one will know that I'm hurt or that I have pain and I'm on Jabbermouth, so I like to talk, so I have no idea why that kind of stuff that 
that I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know why I'm like that, but I did cry some the night, that night too. I mean, it was a lot. It was because, you know, like I said, reality was setting in and I was making myself more anxious by thinking about all the stuff that I wasn't going to be able to do anymore as a pregnant woman, which is, to me, feels like it's so selfish when I look back at it. But that was the first time I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human, so I, I was just all over the place. You know, it's not that I wasn't going to do anything with him now that he's physically here. You know, but right then and there, it didn't matter to me because I was so concerned about what we weren't going to be able to do. And so that morning, breakfast comes, my eyes are red and puffy, they are, but I barely can see. I mean, my vision was so blurry, my ears were ringing, and God, I had the worst headache in the world. You know, maybe it was all the thoughts. You know, I, I know that's not why. Medically, I know that's not why because because we just had him and I was diagnosed with preeclampsia. And so my doctor said that normally once you, once you have the baby, everything goes away. All the symptoms that you feel almost instantaneously goes away. I mean, he said, you know, not everything instantaneously goes away, but most symptoms will start to, you know, just go away on its own. So my blood pressure, they decided to take a measure and my blood pressure was through the roof. I mean, it was, it was super high. I don't even remember how high it was. But I remember that they were like, okay, this is like hypertension, you know, we got to give you something for it. And I was like, yes, please give me something for my headache. Now, I also have to deal with the nurses telling me that, you know, they come in, they massage your belly to try and get everything out. So they push, they push and they massage, you know, because they try to get all the afterbirth out and they come and they do it like a couple times in the day until they, they can see that everything came out and then they're like, they, they don't come and check anymore. But in the beginning, like the first day, I think it was like the first day, I think maybe they came once on the second day, but they kept going until the sap came out. But they come in, they massage you, they, they, they put a, I mean, it's, it's not even a, it's not even a light massage. It's not even a good massage. Like, you know, when you go to get your, your back massage and they're like, chopping away at your back and you know you're you're like oh and you fall asleep no no like this will never ever put you to sleep this will keep you awake with nightmares for years i mean they pound the crap out of your belly they pound the crap out of it because they're trying to get all of that stuff because it's dangerous to keep it in your you know for it to stay in your body they have to get everything out and so they come in, they do that. The next nurse come. My next nurse comes in, and she's like, "Okay, uh, hello, you you have baby, so now you gotta stand up." 
you had a cesarean, so you have to get up and walk. And I look at her and I'm like, that's fine. But you guys got to deal with this headache first. And she was like, no, 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 you got to stand up. If you sit down, you know, it's not good for you. Like, scar, you know, scar tissue. I don't know if it was scar tissue, but, you know, your muscles come tight. And if you're tight, it's not going to heal right. And, you know, you got to kind of loosen it up. You got to walk. It's your, you know, you just got everything put back into your body. So you got to kind of move around so your body can, you know, set it back to where it's supposed to be. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm willing to do that. Once you guys deal with the headache I'm having. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, you know what? I don't mean to be dis- disobedient, ungrateful. I'm not trying to be like a spoiled brat child, but I am not, I am not getting up and walking around to do anything until you guys deal with this headache because my head is pounding i cannot see i'm gonna walk into something i'm gonna trip over something somebody probably nurse i'm probably gonna trip over the nurse and fall down crack my head open and whoop there go there you know there it goes headache solved right so and guys i'm not saying that they're horrible or anything they are not they're not they're actually really good i'm in my head, that's what how everything sounded. I think I sounded more like an, you know, like a entitled person, but I wasn't trying to be an entitled person. I really was in pain and not physical, like from the cesarean, the cesarean, you know, where I just got cut open pain, but like I cannot stand headaches. I hate headaches. Headaches. Headaches make me lock myself up in a in a room like i i have a headache i black out the room and i just go to sleep or i just sit there or i lay there or whatever but i'm not gonna do any i cannot function when i have a headache and that's you know i don't maybe i should see a doctor for that i i you're probably right i probably should see a doctor about that but you know this headache this was different because you know, they, I was there in the hospital, like, they needed to do something, and I was complaining about it, and she was thinking I was trying to get out of, I think that's what she was thinking, I was trying to get out of moving around, I absolutely agreed with her, I wanted to get up and move around, you know, I, I didn't want to lay there in the bed, I was just, I, I just needed the headache to go away I really was scared I was gonna walk into something and fall over and die you know that's that's the basis of it I mean to sum it all up that's what I was worried about and so finally she got the doctor the doctor came over and asked me what the problem was and so I explained it to the doctor because you know the nurses they cannot really you know they can only they have to ask the doctor the doctor has to come in and be the one to diagnose everything right and so I waited a couple hours before the doctor actually came and told me, okay, well, we can, we're going to give you some of this to help you, you know, bring your blood pressure down because it's so high. And so they did. By now it's late afternoon. I haven't gone to see my son yet. So the nurse comes back and goes, okay, well, you got to start walking now because we, you know, we gave you whatever you needed to make your headache go away. And I'm like, okay fine but I'm not gonna walk out of the room 
I'll walk around in the room for a little bit. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Like, walk to the, I was like, walk to the bathroom. I go use the bathroom. I walk back to the bed. I sat down. And so I got back up. I walked to the front door, to the door of the, the room. And then turned around, walked back to my bed and sat down. And it, I don't feel any pain. I mean, they were asking me if I needed painkillers. And I told them no. And they asked me how come, like, I should have, everything should have, you know, the anesthetic should have rubbed, you know, rubbed off of me. I should have gone, you know, it should have, the effect should have gone away already for several hours. So I should have been in like some immense pain. And I told them, no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel anything. And um, not bragging, I do. <laughs> kind of have a pretty good threshold for pain but I I just wasn't I I didn't want I didn't want painkillers or opioids or whatever they were going to give me so I kept telling them no and um finally it's it's about evening time you know um I spent most of the day filling out paperwork, getting bugged to go see my, well, getting bugged to stand up and walk around, um, coming in for checks on my headache. I think they were giving me magnesium. It was either magnesium or lithium, one of the two. But they were giving me, I think it was magnesium they were giving me for the high blood pressure. And, you know, getting pressured by my husband to go and see my son, which I wasn't ready to to see him yet. I wasn't ready to go and see him. But at the same time, I was like, my husband is not even like I filled out all the paperwork. I had to get the medical paperwork, you know, make sure the insurance went over. You know, I made the phone calls for that. Uh, I was pretty busy, and it was just the first day, and so it kind of helped me get my mind, not get my mind off of my son. Like that sounds so awful, but I mean, it it got my mind off of what I was gonna have to come to facts like what was gonna happen what was happening what I was gonna see soon and you know it helped me focus on what so we were able to get all the stuff like uh fill out birth certificate paperwork you know apply for for medical and because he was in the NICU they were like okay make sure you apply for med class because he might have some problems. He's going to have some pre-existing conditions. So you want to try and get, you know, an extra insurance for it besides the private insurance that I already had. So I had two insurance that I had to deal with. I had to, um, so I was dealing with that. Uh, getting his birth certificate papers done 
And also they were, you know, they were coming in and they were bringing information to me about what was going on with him in the NICU. And like I said, like when I was, you know, getting ready to have the baby, there's so much information going on. Like everybody's blah, 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 and talking to you and telling you all of this stuff. And nothing makes sense because you're not really listening to what they're saying. And so I, I shut everybody out. But later it makes it'll make sense. It'll, it makes sense to me. But at that moment it was like, okay, I don't I just don't want to deal with you. Back up, back up. You know, I have my hands out, like talk to the hand, I don't wanna listen. You know, and it's it's a natural reaction because there's so much pressure and I know it's like it's grind time, the baby is here, like the first couple of days is like the most important days. Because anything that screws up you can screw up anything from that moment and it just ruins everybody's life. I'm not kidding you, like if I was to make a mistake on his birth certificate, can you just imagine how long it's going to take me to fix it? Which, there was a mistake on his birth certificate, but not from my end. <laughs> but there was there was a mistake on his birth certificate. And um, all it was is the birthplace of my husband. You know, so I put something and somehow the paperwork that got to the health department was something else. So, you know, go figure. But, you know, my mom is there. My mom is helping me kind of figure out some paperwork stuff. And then, you know, it gets well into evening. My mom goes home and um, they actually move us into because the room that we're in we're sharing with another woman another uh mommy but they decided to move us into the private a private room and they left her there so i think they they just let her have the whole room because she had herself the husband and um another child and so they they had she had like a you know, a good sized room. And we got moved into a smaller room, which is fine because it was only me and my husband. And it was it was really quite like I liked it. We moved, we we walked over there and I was like, I wanna bathe and they were like, You can't you can't shower yet, but they can come and give you a sponge bath. And I was like, Can I give myself a sponge bath? Yeah, you can do that too. Okay, we'll do that. So gave myself a sponge bath and it felt good for a little bit but I still wanted to baby I mean it was like almost five or six days since I had a, an actual shower and so my husband goes I, I think it's like nine o'clock at night my husband's like do you want to go see him and I'm like oh yes I do and he goes okay well, we'll go you know we won't stay long. We'll just pop our heads in just so you can see him. And then we'll come back. And I never, ever explained to him why I was so hesitant. I just, 
it's not that I didn't want to go. There were, I mean, previously I told you guys that I was having all these anxious thoughts. And I, I wasn't going there expecting to see him only with like, you know, half of him. But I was thinking about the fact that he was going to be so tiny and that he was going to be, you know, like, I was just afraid that I was going to see him and how small he was going to be how you know his skin was going to look because most of the babies I seen that were born that early they had like really like almost see-through skin and you know there were their hearts was beating through their chest and you know their legs their legs was tiny little twigs and I was like oh my god I don't want to I don't want to see him like that you know and like I said in the last episode, you know, this is where I was feeling the guilt. And, you know, that's probably why I had all those anxious thoughts. Because all of that guilt and all of that shame was just running rampant in my body and in my mind. And I never explained that to my husband. I never even told him. So uh, sometimes I just assume that he doesn't know. I mean, if I was to really talk about my husband, he's kind of clueless at a lot of things, you know. But he's a good guy, you know? And he was encouraging me to go. So I was like, okay, but we cannot take, I, I, I don't want you to push me on the wheelchair. And so he was like, oh, okay. And we walk outside and he goes and he runs and gets a wheelchair. And I'm thinking this, this, oh my God, why are you doing that? Like, oh, I am not, I can make it. I can walk. I can walk. And I start, I'm walking and I walk really slow because I'm not afraid things are going to fall off. I just don't want my stitches to come out. So I'm like, okay, I better take it easy. You know, even though I cannot feel how sore it is right now, I'm just, I'm going to take it. I got to take it easy. So we walk, I walk myself all the way to the NICU. And before we get there, my husband is telling me like, okay, so when we go in there, you got to do this and you got to ask for this and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you cannot do this and you can do this. And I wanted to shoot him at that moment. I just was like, I, I just want to run you over with this wheelchair because I don't want to hear any of this. Like, just why didn't you tell me this in the room? I would have told you let's wait till tomorrow if we go to see him. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. Give me the wheelchair, let me push it, and push you outside of a window or something. You know, like, why Why didn't you say something when I was back in the room? I could have made a more informed decision. It's too late now, I'm here. <laughs> so we walk in, and we do everything that he says. Okay, you got to do this, you got to do that. And so they're like, oh, oh, mom, you're here to visit. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm here. And so we go, we go to, and they walk us to, and I go, okay, so, you know, this is, we're giving, gonna give you a small tour. Like, okay, so they show, they don't show us the other sections, but they show me, okay, we're gonna walk down this hallway, and this is where you get to where your son is. And now I know it looks a lot different from how it used to look like before because they they added the extra hospital or the extra section they rebuilt it but 
in the in in when when we were there, it's just one giant room, and then there's like incubators hooked up to things, right, to machines. And so there's several different like columns and rows that you go to. And so we get to where my son is. They have they have his incubator covered. And so they tell me, oh well, you know, he has jaundice, so we have the light on him. You know, this light is supposed to help him with the jaundice. And I'm like, oh great. That's beautiful. <laughs> so they go, Oh well, right now he's having his jaundice treatment. So you can look inside, but at the moment you cannot you can't hold him. So I'm like, okay. But you can touch him. So I said, okay. That sounds cool. So I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at him through the um, the incubator. And it's like a little black, it looks like a black light. Like it's a purple, you know, the IV or the UV light. And he's got this, these cotton, like it's like like a cotton or fabric uh cover like a mask an eye mask on so actually it looks like he's at a like he's in a suntan bed you know he's got the the eye covering he's got no clothes on just a tiny little pamper and i see him for the first time this is the first time i'm actually laying eyes on him and I tried to fight back all the tears. You know, I sat there because my husband went to go get me a chair. Oh, no, I think he he had a wheelchair. Oh, we brought the wheelchair in. And so he, you know, they told me that I could just sit in the wheelchair. So he rolled me up to the incubator and I'm sitting in the wheelchair and he went to go get something. I forget what it was. And so for that brief moment, I think it was like maybe a minute, maybe even less than that. And I was fighting, I was wiping away all the tears. And I felt so bad. I, I felt like, I felt like a complete ass, to be honest. I felt like, how could I do that to him? Like, how could I, how could I even think about all the stuff I just put him through? And I just, what the hell was I, you know, what, what, what was I thinking? That was my whole thought. Like, what, what the hell was I thinking? Why? How dare I be able to sit there and look at him? You know, I, I'm the one that put him in that stupid incubator. You know, and I and the nurse was really nice. She didn't. She didn't come up to me. She kind of stayed behind. Because I think she knew that I was fighting back some tears.
and I sat there for a moment and then I opened up I opened up the she she showed me how to open up the latch. And for a brief moment I felt like I didn't deserve to even touch him. But I did. I stuck my hat in and I reached in. And it was like he knew I was there because he opened up his hand and he grabbed my finger. He wrapped his little hand around my finger. It took all five of his fingers to wrap around the tip of my index finger. And I, I think she heard me like gasp a little bit. You know, so the nurse, she hands me some Kleenex so that I can, you know, kind of wipe my face and kind of clean myself up a little bit. And at this point, I'm like, where the, where the hell is my husband? Like, has he been gone that long? Like, what, is he lost? You know, like, is this some kind of labyrinth in here? Like, where did he go? Like, what the hell is he doing? But I'm I'm also thankful that he didn't see me like that at that moment. I mean, there are going to be other moments where he's going to see me break down really bad. But at that moment, he did it. You know, like I was able, I had that moment all to myself of, you know, call it what what you will, reflection. Maybe, you know, like some enlightenment. You know, I was just having that moment by myself. I was something I feel like I needed to do with myself. And I was having that moment. And that night, because we, we only spent about maybe five minutes, five minutes there with him. I, I got to, you know, I let him hold my hand for a little bit. And then, you know, I went. I shut the door and shut the latch and I covered his incubator and we went, you know, we went back to the room and I slept like a baby. Wow, that's a cool term to use right now. I slept like a baby. You know, I I got to relax. I feel like I needed that moment. I needed that moment with him to kind of help me clear my mind to kind of get all that stuff out and you know it was like it was like my my own form of therapy at that second you know it, it I was able to kind of drain some of that emotions out because maybe I was afraid of what what I was gonna see and then having to see him and it's like okay okay let's let's try and get past this so the next day, you know, we wake up. The next day, I feel rejuvenated. I think at this point, I actually have a solid, a solid diet. <laughs> I get to eat actual food, and I'm super happy. 
because I got food again. But the doctors start coming in and they start, you know, giving me a list of things that is wrong with my son. Okay, a, a, a list of defects and disabilities that he's, he's got going on. And also to let me know, like, what kind of doctors are going to be looking at him and you know what what they're what they're checking for and what certain things are so you know if you guys want a list i got a list for you right so let's start with his heart so he had these things they're they're basically they're holes in the heart we had uh, a couple of vsds and he also had a couple of ASDs now VSD stands for ventricular septal defect which is holes in the bottom chamber of the heart and the ASD is um, atrial septal defect which is holes in the top portion of your heart now why they're so important and why they cause so much trouble is because if it's uh, the, when the blood travels to the two chambers, if there's holes that connect the two chambers, that means you have blood that hasn't been processed flowing from one side to the other side, which can be bad. So basically, what was going on was the oxygenated blood wasn't getting the oxygen in the blood wasn't getting throughout the son's entire body basically he was having a hard time to breathe and he was breathing he was his body his lungs was overcompensating for the heart you know because they're thinking okay the reason why the oxygen is not getting through the rest of the body is because we're not breathing enough so we have to breathe harder you know which was tiring him out quicker you know? um, those are the ASDs the atrial septal de defect those are the ones that are located on the upper chamber of the heart those cause the most problems and now they said the heart the the holes are like tiny like the tip of a pencil you know like a period and I was like, well, that's pretty small. And they're like, yeah, it's small to us, but it's actually a big thing. I mean, you gotta imagine his heart is not that big. Okay, yeah, so to him, it's, it's huge. I mean, I know, I know that's not how big it was, but it was a little bit bigger than that. But they're trying to, you know, that's just an example that I'm giving you. Okay, so there were, those were those were one set. Now remember, I told you guys about the two vessel cord in the last episode. I had a two vessel cord, right? So already, it was the same thing that was going on with my body. So he didn't develop. You know, he had all of these holes in his heart that was causing him to not get enough oxygen throughout his body, just like the two vessel cord was not getting waste out and getting oxygen in. It was the same thing, right? And then he had some renal problems. He had some problems with his kidney. And same thing again, right? The two-vessel cord. 
you know, waste waste is not filtered, you know, right? So he was, he had one kidney that was swollen, that had a lot of liquid in there that wasn't being filtered, and then he had a, the other kidney was fine. But they was concerned about that. Then he also had hypospadias. Now, hypospadias is basically his penis, he wasn't able to pee from where he's supposed to, at the tip. Um, his urethra was at the bottom of his shaft near his scrotum. So he was peeing from there. And it's it's not something, I mean, it's more of a cosmetic surgery if you get it. And it's not that important but it was it's it's important enough to where you know he could get infections or any kind of you know because it's because of where it's located it's a little bit harder to take care of and then you know they they what they do is they build a graph that and they build a tunnel from where that that hole by his scrotum all the way to the tip so you know they try to make it so that it can go from you know the the vein or the opening goes all the way through so it it (coughs) excuse me it comes out where it's supposed to give me one second let me take a drink thank you so they were gonna fix they needed to fix that now so far he needed a couple of surgeries done and so the first surgery they were pushing us on was to get him to go to the mainland now we say mainland here in hawaii uh i also heard the continent not not here in hawaii but i know some people say the continent continental you know continental mainland or continental land or whatever but we say mainland which means like somewhere in the continental United States Uh, so if I remember correctly it was Seattle we were supposed to fly over to Seattle this was one option you know we could fly to Seattle it would be in like within a month he goes there he has surgery he comes back so, I mean, yeah, that, that's cool. That's a cool option. The other option was they were going to have heart week at the hospital. And uh, my son can be in the NICU or maybe even go home, depending on how things work out. And uh, come back for the surgery. So, okay, yeah, that's cool. So, those were the two options that we were given. So the first option, I was like, hell, I don't think so. I can do that. And I wasn't thinking about myself. I was also thinking about my son, you know, like, we're going to go someplace foreign that we don't know. And that I, I have no idea where we're going. And um, at this point, we're thinking that I would have to go by myself. Like, I wouldn't have my husband there with me. So I was going to be in a foreign area, someplace where I don't know anybody yeah I think I do have a couple of family members there but uh, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to see them you know or what was gonna that was gonna entail but we go there 
And um, what if something bad happens? And now I'm not thinking negative. I'm not a pessimist. Okay, I don't. I'm really optimistic about things, but I, I like to be real about what my thoughts are. And my thought was like, hell no, if we go over there and something happens, I have no support. Like, if it's only me by myself, that I would have to like, say, knock on wood, say he went there and, you know, I'm there by myself with him and something happens and he passes away. I don't have a shoulder to cry on. I'm going to have to grieve by myself. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. A lot of dangerous things can happen. And I'm not saying that I would ever think to do something to myself or my child. No, 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 no. But I'm saying that you never know. Like the situation changes as often as the, the tide changes, you know? So... I I kind of we we put that on the back burner. That was option number two for us, you know. But I really think they were pushing for us to take option number one because they didn't want us to be in the NICU that long. But it wasn't in, it, it wasn't like a in. I keep wanting to say intermittent, but it wasn't a something that was needed immediate attention. Like he wasn't. Like, he was fine. He was okay. He was going to be able to live out. And maybe I should have taken... Maybe if I'd taken this, the first option, he, there would have been a lot of problems that could have been solved by now. You know, like, he still has some issues. And maybe it would have changed it. Maybe not. You know, you never know. But my decision was, uh, I think that would be, like, the first option I would jump at, right? So, second option is heart weak. And, um, you know, he's going to be at five months. He's going to weigh, they got to weigh, he's going to weigh at least three times of what he weighs now. You know, so he would have to gain some weight and he would have to be the right age in order to do the surgery. So I was like, okay, that sounds pretty good. You know, I think I like that option. And, and I know, I know he was having a, a little bit of a difficult time breathing. But when I thought about the, op, I mean, because he was hooked up to a machine, he was being monitored every day. Like there are countless doctors, and nurses at the hospital, and I felt like my decision was was gonna be right. I mean, I already, you know, was living on an island that like. I didn't live on like so it wasn't like I was living at home I was staying there and I stayed at my my auntie's house and my husband had some great friends who lent me a car while I was there my husband didn't even stay that long but you know okay so this is like only the third day the second day you know so we're going over these options and so you know but these is only things that they're just throwing at us it's you know, they, they got to kind of fill out the situation first before we can really make a decision, right? So they just was letting us know, you know, this is the kind of things and other options that they present to people. So we're like, okay, you know, and I was like, get the hell out of my room already. I, I don't want to hear all of this stuff, you know, just so tired of 
I gotta go through paperwork after paperwork after paperwork, and I don't get this, and you know, I just kind of want to relax. Yeah, and so um, you're, you're gonna tell me this again in two hours. You're gonna come back into my room and tell me the same damn thing all over again, and I'm not listening to another word. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like I'm ungrateful or entitled. It's just there's so much stuff going on and happening in your mind that you just kind of block everything like you have karate chop hands and you're like just trying to like dodge and like hit it away from you you know like you're playing fruit ninja and you're trying to cut all the fruits in half before a bomb comes you know that's that's what it felt like and so we get into the next day and it's the same thing go we visit you know i feel a little bit better about visiting him now and um I finally get to, you know, see him without feeling guilty. And, you know, um, the nurse says, oh, do you want to hold him? And I'm like, sure. Okay, the scariest, the scariest thing about, about holding your child for the first time when you're in the NICU, the scariest, scariest thing is the fact that you know you gotta you gotta watch where your arms are you gotta you know you get clotheslined by all the wires because there's like so many wires going here and there and everywhere you know the constant beeping on the machines okay so sometimes i was thinking that he was flatlining and it was just that he wasn't breathing for that second i mean it's scary <laughs> you know and, and, you know, that was the other thing, too, that he had some sleep apnea. So there are moments where he was sleeping. I mean, because most of the babies, when they first born, that's all they do is sleep. And he was sleeping. And all of a sudden, I, the, the monitor starts beeping and going crazy. And the nurse got to come over there and, like, give him a little tap. Because <laughs> he stopped, he stopped breathing. Because he's got sleep apnea. So, I mean, it was a rude awakening. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we got to experience it that way and not like we came home and then tried to figure out what the hell was going on, you know, but, and, and he still sleeps with his mouth open. He was sleeping with his mouth open when he was in the NICU and he still sleeps with his mouth open now. And it's, it's funny and it's scary at the same time because I'm like, I still, I, he has never had an episode of sleep apnea after we came out of the hospital. Never. But I still get those moments where he's sleeping with his mouth open and I'm like, I'm just, I like stare at him for like a brief second. And then I'm like, okay, if I don't see him move for in the next five seconds, I'm going to smack him with something. <laughs> and poor guy is just trying to sleep. And I go over there, I'm like, hey, okay, I'm just checking, you know. I think I could give him a heart attack, scaring the crap out of him. And then he... So, that was crazy. I was so happy when I first got to hold him. He was so light. He was so tiny. I I could not believe that he... You know how babies, you got to hold them with two arms. I could hold him with my hand, just like on my on one, one hand. And the nurses was telling me not to do that. And... I, I just had to prove that I could do it once. And then, of course, you know, I was gentle with him. But once I had to just, like, take all... You know, it's kind of like when you're riding bike. 
and you want to take your hands off of the steering wheel same thing you know like okay one hand yay <laughs> and he was just he i think he knew that we were there because he was happy he was smiling he you know he got like a little smile toothless smile he looked exactly like my husband it was so funny i was like there's no denying that's your kid just just saying like you cannot tell anybody that you have no idea who the father is because you know damn well who the father is but we were getting ready to it was going to be the last day of us staying in the hospital because my hospital stay was over you know because they weren't i didn't need to stay in the hospital anymore and uh but i wasn't gonna be able to leave like i was hoping but the doctors are coming in and they're saying nope he's gotta stay in for a little while longer like you can't you can't take him out of the hospital and you know for the i i i feel like then i would have i I let, I mean, I knew that we couldn't take him, but I kind of felt like they were, yeah, and I know that they're not doing it on purpose, you know, you guys can understand, I'm not saying that I never trust them, of course I trusted them, but it, it's just the way you feel, because it's like, what do you mean I cannot take, you know, take my son home with me, that's, that's not right, that's my son, why why are you telling me what I can and cannot do with my son? You know, <laughs> that's the kind of attitude I was starting to get. Cause I was excited. I wanted to take him home. I wanted us to start being a family. I didn't want this staying in the NICU business, you know, but this night or last night they told us, okay, tomorrow when he gets discharged, he's got to stay. Uh, we got to try and get his weight up. He's got to be able to breathe on his own, you know, I gotta bring some colostrum, you know, so he can eat. Which we went and the to the first time, and we had some, and we we watched the nurse feed it to him through his tube and his he had an NG tube, you know, his nasal gastronomy tube, and we watched the milk go down, and it was like not even it was like us what one cc of milk which is like nothing it's like a a drop like a raindrop of of liquid and we watched that we watched him you know watch as it traveled all the way down to his belly through the ng tube you know and, and for us it was like wow and that was all he could eat i was like that's amazing how small his stomach is right but we come up until the next day. They finally get us discharged. You know, they, well, we was waiting all morning. And then finally late in dinner time, they decided, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna discharge you. So yeah, thanks guys. So they discharge us. And I gotta say goodbye for a moment because we gotta figure out what we're gonna do, where we're gonna stay and stuff like that. And so we leave, and I'm hungry. And so I told mom, I know where I want to go. And I told my husband, I know where I want to go. This is the one place we are definitely going to go to. And he was like, where? And I was like, 
bread lobster. Like, I want me some lobster. That's all we did was watch commercials of Red Lobster, and I promised him that we were gonna do that together. We were gonna eat at Red Lobster. So we go to Red Lobster to eat dinner. And we go and sit down and get ready to eat. So we order our food. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm not saying anything. And I I know that my mom and my husband can tell that something is wrong. They're silent. You know, they, they look at me and like, they're not like, they, they like say something like, like, ask me how I'm doing, right? They want to ask me like, is everything okay? But it's not that they're scared to ask me, they're just don't know if they should because they don't want something to, to happen like they don't want to start something so they kind of just sit there and they, they, they're waiting for me they're you know they're giving me the opportunity to say something and so I'm sitting there we order our food and I believe I ordered the I want to say it was the crab plate it's one of my favorite like the crab platter and it comes with crab legs it comes with uh, crab pasta and uh, um, the shrimp scampi, I, I believe. Anyways, I get my food and I sit there and I don't touch the food. I sit there and I look, I just look at the food and out of nowhere, I start sobbing like like crazy, like crazy hard. I am sobbing like nobody's business. I am sure I'm making noise. And the the people, like, you know, two tables away from me are looking at us like, what the F is going on? You know? Like, okay. Like, I, I feel like get local brothers inside of the, the restaurant. They, like, stand up and beat up my husband because they think that he went stop something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Or ladies, you know, looking at my husband like, oh, you mess- what, what the hell? You, what did you say? But they never say nothing. I, I just started crying. And, you know, my husband just was like looking down at his food. He started eating to kind of just try like, you know, to make it seem like it's a normal thing. Like he was, he was trying to like, mm, you know, like not, I guess, ignore it. My mom is sitting across from me telling me, stop it stop it sister stop it what are you doing why are you crying you knock it off like why are you crying it's okay and I was crying and through my tears I was telling my mom because that's what I wanted to do with my baby this is what I was supposed to do with him before they took him out and they took him out and now I cannot do this with him like we're never gonna eat a red lobster together and she like was telling me like it's gonna be okay you know stop crying you're gonna be okay and maybe for about five minutes I didn't touch my food yet I just sat there and cried all that time like all of the emotions was just coming out you know like I said reality really was hitting like a mother trucker at that moment like Like that big rig just decided to run me over on the freeway. (laughs) And all of it was just flowing out. And 
you know, she, my mom did the best to try and salvage it. And so she said, okay, after we eat, do you want to go back to the hospital? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, well, we'll do that. We'll go back. We'll go back to the hospital and you can go you can go sit down with baby again, you know. But first, stop crying. You gotta eat your food. It's here. The food is here, so eat your food. When you the the, the fast So, to eat my food. And so, I ate my food as quickly as I could. We headed straight back to the, the hospital. I felt a little bit better. And it was only for maybe 20 minutes. And then I got up and we left. You know. And so we're going to stop. We'll stop the episode here. I feel like we got so much emotions out in this episode. Like there's so many things that that we covered today. And I'm glad that you guys were here with me to kind of listen to them. You know, I don't feel bad and I hope I never, you know, you guys aren't feeling emotional. You know, this this was an eye-opening thing for me. You know, it was just, you know, there's there's so many things that goes on when you become a mom. You know, you 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 gotta. There's so many different emotions you're gonna feel, and you know, I want to just leave off at this because well, next episode we'll talk about a little bit more about being in the NICU but having to travel back and forth and then also I want to talk about his surgery like what is going to happen with all his surgeries so we can get past all of that stuff not stuff that we see as a negative but just stuff that was opportunities for us to improve on his life right and so we're going to get through all of that Hopefully we can keep the tears bottled up and we'll have some happy tears after. <laughs> now nah, I want to eat red lobster. Damn it. Right, but I'm glad you guys were here. I hope you're enjoying all the time you guys spend with me. You know, I miss you guys when I don't record. I really do. And I just, I've been feeling kind of under the weather this past week. There's a lot of stuff going on, which I will explain after it's done. I mean, I don't know if I can say anything now. I, I won't know until after a couple of days. But, you know, I'm also doing a lot of things. But maybe, you know, things to improve my life. Plus, I have um, things for my son, you know, trying to get him, like I said, kindergarten, you know, trying to get him into kindergarten is 
it's almost as tough as trying to get him into college. There's a lot of hurdles you gotta jump over. Plus, you gotta figure out where, what kind of school you want him to go to. You know, first you gotta figure out, okay, do you want him to just go to public school? And I'm not saying public school is bad, but I I just want to see if I can get him to be in accelerated programs. You know, what what's wrong with that, right? I mean, I'm gonna try, get him tested, like get him out there and see if he likes it. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, there are other options. We got to try all of them. I mean, now that I know as a mom what I need to do because I see what what's out there now. You know, I mean, I've seen my, my friends go through it with their children. You know, my family go through it with their children. So it's like, it's my child. I take the best notes from everybody and then you know try to make it work for myself so there's a lot of different options never ever settle for one always look at all of them first try all of them out if you can so that's what we're gonna do and um like i said i i really missed you guys we gotta get out this um episode after this one episode five out of here before the week is over I want to try and at least get two episodes in the next week so that way we can get you know the more episodes I get you guys the more times we can spend talking (laughs) but on that note I'm going to leave you guys with take care And I'll see you guys in the next episode. And yeah, don't forget to stock your fridge. Bye, guys. there you go guys episode four is over it's done it's out of here i really want to take a minute and just thank you guys once again for supporting me by listening to my podcast and um i hope you enjoy everything that i've told you guys so far just know it comes from my heart you know and um oh yeah oh i forgot Let's talk about next episode. So next episode, I'm going to go over a little bit more about being a part of the NICU family and um, what it was like trying to navigate everything, you know, because this is my first time around. I mean, once you get the hang of things, right, once you understand how the system works, it's really, really a lot easier to like kind of, you know, adjust yourself to how everything is going to go. But I also want to prep you guys for the one big thing that's coming up in these episodes. And that's my son's heart surgery. Prior, I told you guys about how, you know, last um, during this episode, I explained to you guys about things that was going on with his heart. And so he's got major surgery. And we're going to kind of get into that. Um just prep you guys for it the episode after that we'll go straight into uh, everything that happened during the surgery um probably another really traumatic 
um, milestone for me. And then um, after that, it should be all fun, shines, and rainbows. So until next episode, um, thank you so much. You guys take care, and we'll see you episode five.